You're listening to the Film Marketing Academy podcast, the audio series dedicated to helping filmmakers create better film marketing campaigns faster. Join your host, Pascal Fintoni, for what promises to be an exciting and intriguing voyage of discovery filled with advice, stories, and film marketing ideas. Thank you for tuning in. And now, on with today's episode of the Film Marketing Academy podcast. It's the film marketing section of the show, probably one of my favourite parts of the show each week, as you can tell by how excited we get. Now, you've probably noticed throughout Two Geeks in a Marketing podcast today, there have been a few little hints as to what's to come. We've kept... Mentioning the word mission, you know, Pascal and I are men on a mission, and we said earlier that our mission today, should we choose to accept it, was to give you some amazing content. Well, the film that we've chosen to talk about today is Mission Impossible Fallout. Now, this was the sixth Mission Impossible film starring Tom Cruise, and it's an absolute belter it's just one of those it's probably one of the most action-packed movies that i've ever seen in my life and tom cruise as we know does the majority of his own stunts and and i sit there in the cinema being awe inspired by the stunts that i'm seeing but also thinking how on earth did he do that and he still lived to tell the tale so pascal mission impossible fallout Oh, what a fine choice. What a fine choice, (laughs) Roger. And you know, that is incredible because this franchise, I mean, started as a TV series, which I adored as a child. Then in 1996, if memory serves, we got this big surprise hit with um, a much younger Tom Cruise, but still um, kind of relaunching, you know, the whole franchise for, for the big screen. And it's just, you know, has been sustained, you know, the excitement every time. And, you know, we wait patiently and impatiently for, for the next one. And it's hard to believe that this is the sixth one we're talking about. Um, just a quick nod to the fact that, you know, they are starting pl- um, filming again on 7 and 8, which they're going to be running concurrently. And it's just an incredible uh, adventure story. But I think where the reason why it's working is because over the years, we've come to really love the characters. And I can remember that series from the, it was probably from the 60s, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it always used to make me laugh because they would, they would have the, the masks, which is, is a big thing in the um, uh, Mission Impossible franchise. But of course, in the 60s, you'd have an act, a normal actor walking around with his own face, and then they'd cut to a shot of a very badly prepared piece of plastic being ripped off somebody's face, and, and the illusion was just totally, totally um, ruined. But of course, in the Mission Impossible films, they do it so magnificently well that sometimes even when you watch the films again, you forget who's got the mask on, who's not got the mask on. And then when they do the little, they pull it off. Oh, it's just it's just great. Love, mo- love moments like that. And, and I think that's part of you know the, the branding. We're going to talk about marketing in a moment, Roger, but the branding. Yeah. You, you get, obviously, the, the naming and the calligraphy. So it's always mission, mission, call on impossible, and then the qualifier and the views, you know, all sorts of things. You've got the masks, you've got the, the car chases and motorbike chases. I think by now they must have used every single form of transport bar yeah. submarines, and maybe they have, I've forgotten, where somehow 
you know, Tom Cruise is always dangling off a helicopter, an aircraft, or, or, or whichever. But at the heart of it is essentially looking at the, the main character of Ethan Hunt dealing with pressures from, you know, both dark forces, evil forces, but also internally. I mean, in the case of Fallout, I mean, this poor guy has already saved the world five times, and yet the CIA had the audacity to suggest that he's not, you know, one of the team. I know. And, and that is, if there's anything that is frustrating about these films, it's that, isn't it? It's it's just, there's always an authority figure in the film who distrusts Tom Cruise's character, Ethan Hunt. And, and I'm the same as you. I'm sitting there thinking, for goodness sake, give the guy a break. He saved the world so many times and you're giving him this hassle. You're, yeah. a, bu- you're a bureaucrat. Just shut up. Shut up, shut up. And, but I guess that's part of it, isn't it? It's part of the charm. And if, I mean, if uh, Tom is listening, you know, I have the number for ACAS because <laughs> I have to tell you, I think IMF is a very, very bad employer. You need to kind of sort this out. So very quickly for our viewers and listeners, you know, filming started in Europe in 2017, April 2017. Um, I think the production team seems to like Europe a lot because Roger, London and Paris have been featured, you know, a lot, you know, in, in the films. We all know because I made a part that was part of the, um, I suppose, the PR in elements that Tom Cruise got injured in London whilst jumping between two buildings. But then again, you know, what was it? What was he thinking? Uh, the injury and the video clip has been watched perhaps more often than the trailer itself of <laughs> his uh, um, ankle being twisted in, in the wrong direction and yet still running on the rooftop to get the, to get the shot. Yeah, I mean that is just dedication, isn't it? I'd also read, you know the you know the bit in the film where he skydives out of the aeroplane, um, and I think the way they did it is he's running towards the camera, and whoever was holding the camera went out the plane backwards so that he could oh. effectively now. It's just an astonishing shot, and we do know that Tom does his stunts, as you say, but apparently they shot that over 200 times. Now, I don't know whether that's an urban myth or not. I'm sure it's true, but just imagine. I'd be, I, I wouldn't do it once, but he to get the perfect take. Yeah. That- up in that plane and dived out of it over 200 times that famous um, halo drop yeah i mean they they rehearsed several times a day because they wanted to make it a um, a sunset shot so then they only had one or two takes so that that went on for for weeks and and he trained for an entire year like he always does so because of the delays um post-production you know was delayed and they literally finished the film in terms of cutting it three weeks before the premiere so Ooh. that that close so roger when you think sometimes that you know your vlogging is a bit tight (laughs) you can have some sympathy that even tom cruise can sometime you know find it difficult my goodness three weeks to go i'll I'll never be rude about premiere pro again (laughs) (laughs) okay so let's move on to the marketing for our viewers and listeners so what we've done for you roger and i've done some research and we've kind of taken bits and organized them in the order of, of of events so we begin the marketing of mission impossible fallout in January 2018 with Tom Cruise himself releasing pictures on Instagram and on Twitter, creating essentially a tsunami of reaction on on, on the internet. And the first trailer was released on February the 4th, 2018, during the Super Bowl. And the second one came out in May 2018. Marketing spend was $140 million on global promotion and advertising. 
that's uh, just to, for, for you to put a measure into it, you know, that's literally uh, a fifth of the overall budget for the entire film. So that's wow. that's a scary moment. So how do they use the money, Roger? Well, to begin with, we had, we'd be treated to different posters from February to May 2018. And I must confess, Roger, at the time, I wasn't sure about those posters. And the reason for that is I felt that they were too much like Jack Richard, and that concerned me a little. But also, some of it felt a little like Mission Impossible 2, which I think is the weakest of the franchise. And the reason for that, in my view, humbly, is because uh, the character Ethan Hunt is on his own, as opposed to the ensemble you know, yes. uh, storyline. Um, but you know, my, my concerns were completely misplaced because it was absolutely fine. But did you have a favorite poster by any chance? Uh, maybe I was a little bit like you, to be honest, Pascal. I, I did think there was, an, you know, the one where uh, there's almost like a silhouette of Tom Cruise, to me, looked like a Bond-type poster. So, yes, they did look a little bit, but I guess the one that always dry, got my attention was the one of him diving out the plane. <laughs> I just can't get away with the, the from the scariness of that particular thing. So it had its... World premiere in Paris on July the 12th, 2018. Here we go back to Paris. Emily's still in Paris. And it came out in the States on July the 27th. So quite a quite a gap there. It was the first in the series to be released in Real, Real, Real D3D and also had an IMAX release as well. Yeah, I don't remember. Unfortunately, I don't think I saw the 3D. Uh, so it would have been IMAX for me or just normal normal Max. <laughs> yeah, we saw it in 3D. And, uh, you know, again, 3D is one of those things I can give or take. But it was genuinely breathtaking 3D. Now, from a film marketing segment point of view, Roger, I want to pose here and just bring our attention to the fact that there was a lot of, there was a lot of pre-launch marketing. And, and I wonder whether a hint for all of those content creators is sometimes we're all so busy in producing the content that we don't do enough of that teasing of that kind of uh, forewarning. Um, so, for example, someone could be working indeed on a vlog or on an article. Nothing stops you from taking your mobile phone and taking a screenshot of your computer screen and coming soon. Nothing stops you from creating indeed a teaser poster while quickly jumping on Canva. And, and so I'm using this as a reminder that sometimes, let's be careful, we need to make sure that there's a lead up to the to the uh, to the release of, of the content the main the main event the main event mm. so and then post event they had fun with the content now that it's been released the one that uh, i thought was so so clever and i would say almost ahead of its time is that paramount the production distribution company um partnered with a company called gifcat and what they could do is a 360 loop a gif of inside the helicopter that very famous scene where there's this kind of incredible helicopter chase in the mountains mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so literally with your phone or whichever you can do a full 360 inside the helicopter being um, piloted and flown by tom cruise ethan hunt and for me it was this idea of you know so they must have thought about it whilst filming the the film before uh, it was just that kind of pre-production and and it was great and it's, it's good fun to use and again very very much viral content i think that that's such a good lesson isn't it because it was it had to be planned in it had to be planned in and, and i often find with myself if i'm down if i'm out in edinburgh shooting a video i'll often get home and think oh do you know what i should have done this or i should have done that and the reason is I didn't plan it properly. I just headed in there with the camera and, and winged it, basically. So, yeah, the planning is absolutely spot on. This movie was also among, amongst the first advertisers to use Pinterest's full-screen promoted video units right. as well. I didn't know that. Yeah. 
Yeah. So again, I mean, oh, would you love to be in that marketing meeting with um, <laughs> with uh, Tom? I don't know. Would you attend the marketing meeting? I don't know. But anyway, it would be just you know all those ideas and because you know you've got all the content. So the other thing that they did, which I'm a big big believer in, although that moment is very difficult, is that they took the footage to essentially uh, events like CinemaCon mm. or Cine Europe and mm. the Cannes Festival, you know, all those things. But they went there to talk about their content. And I wonder whether, again, lesson for all of us, when we can network again or when we actually go online to virtual conferences and so on, should we be less timid about giving our content a big shout out? It's a very good question, isn't it? So you, you, you don't want to give away the secret sauce. And, and, and what they also did is that, you know, that, that there was a load of video featurettes mainly focused on the stunts, wasn't it? And, and you could argue, well, is this actually going to ruin it for people watching the film? Almost like giving away the secrets in advance. But it didn't, it didn't affect my enjoyment of the film. I still had my jaw literally dropping through the floor at many, many points during the film. So I, I'm not sure that that actually caused them a problem. No, and bear in mind that the film is nearly um, you know two and a half hours. I'm sure there's plenty to choose from without spoiling <laughs> the plot or whatever. You know, which again it was a great, great story. And just on the uh, featurettes, one thing they did, which um, I, I don't see people do very often, uh, again, is creating exclusive content for particular you know channels. So they did uh, one for just the IMAX. So if you want the IMAX, just for something just unique to to you as, as a viewer. Also Fandango, which is obviously a streaming platform, and ESPN, they had their own kind of specific exclusive content. And, and I'm thinking, hmm, let me go away and think about this one, Roger, whether I could do that in future with my own video series, offering something unique to some um, kind of hubs online. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, we, we talk about the, the marketing of these films because we love watching films. But every time we have these conversations, Pascal, there is always those little golden nuggets in there that we can learn from. And, and, and even that idea of just, you know, showcasing stuff as you produce it, teasing it, it's, it's, it's such a good way to grow engagement and to grow your audience as you're putting your content together. And I think that's where on social media, I think stories as a feature are really well placed for that. And then the final bit I'm going to mention to you, Roger, when it comes to marketing, supposed to follow the journey from you know, the, the first Instagram post from Tom Cruise all the way to the release of the um, DVD, Blu-ray box set and so on. If you think that the movie was premiered you know, in, in the summer of 2018, the movie was made available literally in November as uh, as on streaming and then as a um, kind of hard copy Blu-ray DVD in December. That's no time whatsoever. And I like that because as a fan, you know, I don't want to wait an entire year to get my hand on a copy of the DVD. You, you know, I was there on the day watching it on the big screen. You've got my money. You've got my, my kind of, um, you know, fandom. Reward me as you've done by two months later. I've got a copy and I can get excited watching it again. I think that this is, again, it's textbook, isn't it? Engage your customers. And yeah, we were straight out there, bought the Ultra HD Blu-ray, <laughs> uh, literally watched the film again in the comfort of our own home less than two months after seeing it at the cinema. But if it's a massive, massive blow, and I know we've got the COVID issue at the moment where not as many people can go to the cinema, but when things are back to normal, you know, if the majority of people go to see it in that first month or six weeks or whatever it is, then in reality, you're not losing anything by getting the Blu-ray out there 
or the streaming version out there as soon as possible. Now, we're not going to go down the rabbit hole of saying, we'll just get the Blu-ray and, and, and out at the same time as the cinema so we can all watch it rather than delaying it. But I think that swift follow-up is just absolutely spot on. And they did it really well with this film in time for Christmas. And I wonder whether our friends, Amy Woods, you know, who is also a huge movie fan, would even consider that, you know, don't delay your repurposing you know, from Amy Woods from Content 10X. Yeah. Uh, I think I still have tendency to want to almost, you know, get on with what I do, release, you know, the uh, the interviews, for example, that I've done on video. And it feels like I need to let it, uh, leave it for a while before I consider repurposing. But I wonder whether the hint is, well, don't wait too long because you may capture a different audience by doing things very differently. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, the only downside for me with Mission Impossible, um, Mission Impossible Fallout, is that how on earth can they possibly top it? And you've said already there's two more in production, which suggests that they're going to be bigger, more exciting, with more incredible stunts. And yet Fallout was just, to me, was one of the best action movies of all time. So, wow. Yeah, I know. Wow. <laughs> And, you know, every time you watch a Mission Impossible, you go, crikey. I mean, to be honest with you, when they released Ghost Protocol mm. and Tom Cruise was dangling on the on the Burj Khalifa, you know, oh. and I was thinking, wow, I mean, how are they going to top that? And, and every time, every time. And one thing that I like about Mission Impossible, albeit it is fiction work, clearly, and the characters are larger than life, is they've got very, very good villains. I mean, yes. in the case of both Rogue Nation and obviously um, Fallout, you know, that very, very sinister villain, which I think was superbly acted. And it's a lot more grounded than the Fast and Furious franchise, which I love all the same, but we are in kind of almost graphic novel territory, whereas with Mission Impossible, we are, uh, you know, for its fiction work, it feels a lot more grounded and feels dangerous as a result. Yeah, now, ultimately, some of the, some of the stunts, as we said, unbelievable but there's always that realism about mission impossible isn't there especially the the scenes where he's having to break into some impenetrable safe <laughs> or he's got to try and dangle himself down into some museum or something like that. It, there's a believability about it as well as it being outrageous and i think that that's what makes it so good yeah. that's what makes it so good do you know pascal we could probably talk for another couple of hours about this film on its own but time is short time is short so i'm going to bring this episode of two geeks and a marketing podcast to an end hope you've enjoyed the show thank you for watching thank you for listening please do subscribe to the youtube channel or to the podcast on all the platforms where you consume your podcasts. Do please leave us comments and suggestions. If you want us to talk about a specific film, let us know. This is the, this is your show. Tell us what you want us to talk about. Until next time, get out there and make sure that your marketing is done right. I was Roger Edwards. He was Pascal Fintonia. And this podcast will self-destruct in five seconds. <laughs>
Thank you for listening to the Film Marketing Academy podcast, the audio series dedicated to helping filmmakers create better film marketing campaigns faster. For more information about our film marketing consultancy and training services, go to filmmarketingacademy.com and book your free discovery video call. And if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe and follow your host on social media for more updates.